You're listening to election coverage on AM 1170, The Answer. All right, welcome back to the show. And uh, the tides have changed a little bit. We now have the live audience starting to fill in here at Golden Hall. We encourage you to come down and join us. I just saw someone with the first beer cracked open. Like, I'm, there it is, there a, a Corona from our first fan. Feel free to, anybody <laughs> wants to bring that up. Uh, but I'm your host, Craig Sewing, with uh, our, I don't even like calling you co-host. We are the dual hosts here, Andrea yes. Kay from the Andrea Kay Show. And this is a fun thing for us to do. Live audience, I imagine this place can have thousands of people at it. Uh, covering the election and then certainly all of you tuned in to KCBQ and on social media. Uh, we are very thankful and honored to have you here. Uh, our first guest of the show, I know this woman personally and professionally. She is tough and she ran for the 52nd District of Congress. It is great to have my friend Denise Gitsum on the show. And the first question I have to ask you, Denise, is how are you feeling? I feel so good. Thanks so much for having me on, both of you. I, I just feel um, so calm and confident in what our team has done. I feel like we've been blessed at every step along the way with the encouragement that we needed at just the right time. I feel like folks have been coming up to us all day and just telling us how excited they are to vote for us mm. and how excited they are for a change. I think all of America is ready for a change. They're done with career politicians. They're ready for a fresh perspective that puts country and district before party politics. Well, we have <clears throat> two hours left in the polls. There's still time yeah. to go out and vote. Please for do. Denise get some. Till I'd love to have your right? vote. Yeah. Till 8 o'clock. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen your ads and haven't aren't familiar with you, why should everybody vote for you, Denise? You know, I think that there are many reasons that people get out and vote. And in this election, everyone seems to be most motivated by two things. And that's economic security and national security. Everyone wants to know that they're safe given all the tumultuous sort of events that are happening throughout the world. Yep, right. We want to make sure that we have a representative that protects us and looks out for American interests first. That's paramount because no right. one else is elected to do that. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing people want is they want to have a good paying job. San Diego is increasingly unaffordable to live in. Mm -hmm. We have a great community to start a company in, but it's almost impossible to grow businesses and right. keep them here. And that's because of the excessive regulations and taxes that we face in mm -hmm. California. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Washington and make sure we don't make it more difficult to justify staying here in San Diego. Denise, I had you on our TV show Lifestyles uh, about a month or two ago, and one of the things you said that I thought was really profound and stuck with me, and I don't even know if you remember saying it, so I'm going to throw it I at you. I hope I remember. Yeah, <laughs> you said, profound. <laughs> yeah, you said that you feel like you are grossly underqualified. Yes. Now, what, what did you mean when you said that? I thought that was one of the most interesting things I've ever yeah. heard out of anyone's mouth that's running for politics. You know, I think anyone who's not aware of how unqualified they are to represent people, this many people in a district that's this brilliant and innovative and diverse, is um, really putting themselves on a pedestal they shouldn't be at. I think that's what's wrong with politics, is that mm -hmm. we have people go in as politicians who are more interested in serving their interests than they are in serving and mm -hmm. listening and learning from the people and returning the power to the people. When you think you're qualified, you think that you have the right to take that power away from people and make decisions for them. That's what we're seeing in Washington, D.C., and that's what we need to change. So I'm proud to be grossly unqualified. But what do you say to the people who are listening and go, you know what, I love, I love what this gal was saying. She's speaking right to my heart, but you know what? I just don't have any faith anymore in any government officials. I don't have faith anymore in Congress. They're, that's why their approval rating is so low. How Can you really make a difference when you go there? You know, my mother escaped from communist China, and so when you come from a, a family 
where you understand the true threat of not being able to change what is before you, your government. Mm -hmm. Then you really understand the juxtaposition between a truly feeling like despondent because mm -hmm. you have no choice and actually being able to step up and make a difference. And I think what you're going to see tonight across the country and what you're starting to see now mm -hmm. is that people are starting to step up and say we're tired of being complacent and we want to change. Denise, yeah. you use the words career politician. You are a small business owner that decided to do this, but you did have some experience with George Bush up right. in Washington. You were there for 9-11. Explain your course to get to where you are today, here running and probably going to win. Yeah, I started my career when I was 22, going to Austin, Texas, working on Governor George W. Bush's campaign. And then I was honored to be able to go and serve in the White House. And what we didn't know when we got in was that 9-11 would happen. Ugh. And everyone remembers, every one of you remembers oh, yeah. listening, and both of you know what it was like on 9-11, where you were, how you felt. And that was just a profound moment in my life that changed the way that I saw the importance of our government and leadership, servant leadership that puts America first mm -hmm. and does the right thing at all costs. And so that's my experience is watching President Bush. I worked for six years in the Bush administration. I worked for Attorney General John Ashcroft, who's a great public servant, Good man. and created a national security legal framework that protected our nation to this day from mm -hmm. further terrorist threats. Yeah. When you win, Denise, what do you do day one? You know, I want to make sure that we make our nation secure. That is my number one goal, because if we don't go and we don't fix that Iran nuclear agreement, that puts $150 billion in the hands of the lead state sponsor of terror. No one in the world, whether it's us, our interests abroad, or our allies like Israel, are ever going to be safe. We need to make sure that we have economic sanctions that we can put on that country that do not enable them to achieve nuclear status. Speak it, girl. Speak it. <laughs> Preach. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and we were talking about that earlier, that the, I think with the so many political issues, right? And we seem to have become this country that has been incredibly divided. You either fit in one box or you do not. And we find ourselves arguing where uh, you see people take positions just to be in a certain box when there's all these different issues. And the, the biggest things for me are the war on terror, the economy and immigration. Exactly. And, but all those things kind of go together too, right. right? With a weak economy, you're weaker against the war on terror. Without an immigration policy, you expose yourself to the war on terror. So those right. three things really go together. But go a little bit deeper on it. So you said that the Iran deal is, is big for you. What about so some that's of the, the foreign, things? Yeah, that's the foreign policy branch of national security. Immigration, what you spoke about, is another branch that's very important. It's all part of it. There's the military branch. There's all different parts of policy that matter. Uh, let me talk about immigration quickly since we were yeah. talking about you know national security security. As a border town, as a border city, what's most important is that we have an immigration policy that makes sense and protects us from those that would seek to do us harm, both for our economy and for our national security. And what I know, I was just endorsed by the National Border Patrol Union, which I'm very proud of. Oh, that's huge. It's huge, because what I feel for them is that I asked them, I said, look, I don't know what it's like to be you, but I know that you're trying to enforce the laws of our nation, what we've told you we want you to do. And you feel like it's impossible, and you're giving up hope, and you're leaving the National Border Patrol. You're leaving the Border Patrol, and we need you. So why? And they said, you know, Denise, we need three things to make sure that we're safe and we're able to do our job. We need more infrastructure, we need more technology, and we need more boots on the ground. And they don't feel like they're getting the support from this administration to do their job, which is to right. protect us. Right. And so that's, that's a big part of national security. And then economic security, everyone wants to have a good paying job. Mm -hmm. I think Republicans are often given the short sort of the, the shaft for not being caring. But I think what Republicans actually want to do is they want to empower people to be able to have the dignity of a job, to be able to right. provide for themselves and their family. I think that is the greatest thing you can give anyone is that dignity. 
How? And so, well, we've got to make sure that we have jobs to go to. You know, we talk about the unaffordability of schools and student loans, right? If you have a good paying job, there are plenty of things we can do to bring down the cost of college, and that has to do with government not getting involved by initiating student loans. That's the biggest problem is when government gets involved, costs spiral out. But when you have a good paying job, in order to have that, you must have businesses that are able to provide those for you. And right now in California, we have one of the most inhospitable yeah. environments for business because our regulatory regime is ridiculous. It's so hard to justify opening a business here in California, much less in America. And our tax code at the national level, we have the highest corporate tax rate in the world of any industrialized nation. Yeah, it's tough enough uh, to, to, you have a dream and you have to, you know, as entrepreneurs and business owners, they assume all the risk financially and legally and every other way. Right. And then on top of it, they've got the jackboot of tyranny controlling every move they make from telling them what they should pay people, who they should hire, That's and right. whether or not they can fire them. And we are now at a point for the first time, I think, in I don't know how many decades in which we have more businesses going under than we have startups. Exactly. We cannot do anything about the $20 trillion in debt that Craig talked about without, it, you know, doing... doing easing up and, and fostering an environment that allows that the American dream. You know what I think is challenging, You talk about though. the American dream. A key element of the American dream is, is owning your own business. That's right. It's one, it's one of many things. You know, and here's the thing. When you say it's tough enough, it actually isn't that tough because all you have to do if you're running a big company is you can move your jobs out of here. Rick Perry, who was governor of Texas, was running commercials here in, in San Diego on TV and radio telling jobs to move to Texas. You have companies like Tom Horton uh, being bought out by, uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. But Wendy's. When, yeah, Wendy's bought out Tom Horton, the, the donut shop. So, so fast food, yeah, fast food. You know I know my donut, donut shops. <laughs> Girl after you're, my own you're heart. great. I like great fillings here. <laughs> but a, a fast food combined to the donut shop, which is not the healthiest of business models. Uh, but, you know, what happens is these jobs move overseas. But the challenge I think that you have, Denise, and a lot of Republican candidates do is you got to lower the corporate tax rate to incentivize jobs. But we're talking about a, a, a $20 trillion debt. How do you make the case to the American people that by lowering taxes, you're actually unleashing the free market in a way that not only helps the people that, that create those jobs, but the people that run those jobs and that, that operate in those jobs? How do you create a compelling argument that makes people understand that versus what I, the shaft, I think you called it, yeah. uh, which is the rich just trying to get richer, right? Putting right. money in the billionaires' pockets, the Wall Street protest. I mean, that to me seems like one of the more challenging discussions you have to have with the American people. You know, and it's nuanced, right? It's not just, it's not black or white, and that's not the only thing we need to do to bring down that debt. We need to be more responsible with the money. They need to be more responsible with right. our money, and the spending that's going on in Washington is really out of control, and that's really what's driving most of our debt. Thank you. Not enough people are talking about the spending yeah. side of things. Well, I mean, all of us have zero-based budgeting. That's what we do, guy. right? Right. And so why shouldn't Washington do zero-based budgeting and justify everything they spend? Because it's not their money, it's ours. And so it's not just lowering taxes, but just to speak about that. Craig, when we lower taxes, we incentivize small business owners who create 95% of the jobs, new jobs in our nation. We enable them to reinvest and hire new people. It gives them more capital to work with so they can provide not only small business owners go into this, this business, to their own businesses, not just to provide for themselves and their families, but for other people and their families as well. And they're the most generous giving people possible. So how do you cut spending, Denise, when a lot of the spending comes from lobbies or paying back favors? That to me is another 
another challenge that you have is. is how do you go back to these people and say we're going to cut spending in these programs? Another big challenge for you. Well, you know, but you're up to the challenge, right? Well, I am, and I think it takes political willpower. I think you need to decide that your country and your district is more important than whatever favors you can get from Washington that favor you and put your career ahead of what's doing right for our nation. There's 45 minutes left to vote. Go and vote. Go vote, for please. For Denise, Denise, get some for Congress. Thank you. Thanks for being here, lovely Thank lady. you for Thank having you, me. Denise. Good luck. It's good to see y'all. All right, Andrea Kay and Craig Sewing here going into break. What yes. else we got? Well, we're going to update everybody on the national results and maybe even some congressional races, key congressional races around the country, too. So stay with us. We got more on the other side of the break. Hey. AM 1170, The Answers, live coverage from Election Central is sponsored by Jmar Power Systems. Hey, Craig Sewing here, host of the Craig Sewing Show and the American Dream every morning, Channel 4, 1030 AM. One of the things we do on the show is we give a lot of financial advice. Something you'll hear me say all the time is you can't figure out where you're going to go if you don't know where you are today. That's why we give out a free financial kit to any of our listeners or viewers who want to know, hey, this is where I am. This is how much money I have. This is my trajectory for retirement. You need to know what your retirement age is going to be, how much money is going to get distributed to you. I don't care if you're 30 years old, 60 or 90. These are numbers that actually can be spelled out for you based upon your current allocation. It doesn't take any more money. Just get an analysis. This is what we do. The free financial kit will do this for you. We've given them out to thousands of people and never once had a complaint and we'd love to give you one as well. If you haven't got your free financial kit, it's really simple. You just got to visit me online and ask for it. CraigSewing.com That's Craig with a C. Sewing like a sewing machine. machine. CraigSewing.com On the contact form, message me. Ask for the free financial kit. It is a gift to you as a listener to our show. Free financial kit, craigsewing.com. Make sure you hit that contact form, no strings attached, and we'll get it to you within 24 hours. craigsewing.com. Hey, San Diego, Craig Sewing here. Look, one of the things that nobody likes to hear is that they got bugs in their home. Almost all California homes have some sort of bug or termite problem. It's not a cool thing to have bugs running around your house, so I'm going to help you get rid of them. I want you to connect with Lloyd's Pest Control. These are our good friends at the Craig Sewing Show. They can help you. They've been in business putting bugs out of business since 1931. They'll do a free inspection for you. If you want to get your biggest investment checked out, make sure there's not bugs or termites, go to LloydPest.com. That's LloydPest.com. Dot com and get a free inspection of your real estate today. Hey, Craig Sewing here, consumer activist. You hear me every day at 6 p.m. on KCBQ. My goal is to help you win in any marketplace. One of the things that applies to every single person that listens to our show and that's listening right now, you have a credit score, and more likely than not, it has inaccuracies on it. Nobody seems to understand how these things work. Here's what I can tell you. I have a credit expert that's a partner in the show named Aran Sinai. I call him the credit magician. If you've ever had any issues with your credit, you want to get your scores up, maybe a foreclosure, bankruptcy, or maybe just a collection. You know, the city of San Diego can send parking tickets to collections. Crazy. Well, bad credit's a choice. Reach out to Aran Sinai. How do you do that? You go to our website, AmericanDreamElite.com. AmericanDreamElite.com. Hit me up on the contact form. I'll connect you with Iran. AmericanDreamElite.com. If you've ever had any credit issues whatsoever, AmericanDreamElite.com. AM 1170, The Answers. Live coverage from Election Central is sponsored by South Coast Surety. You're listening to election coverage on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back. 
We are live here from Golden Hall Election, Election Central. I am Andrea Kay sitting in with Craig Sewing. What's up, everybody? Hey. Uh, I'll tell you, if you uh, if you don't have anything going on tonight, you're just sitting on a couch. This would actually be a fun experience to come down. This is a mm -hmm. historic election. I don't care who you voted for. To, to be able to experience I this, I, well, I <laughs> you got to stop doing that to me. You know what I mean. I know. I'm teasing. But the reality is we are all Americans, and uh, I would uh, I would never vote for Hillary Clinton, but I would welcome anyone who did to come down here and enjoy the experience because after tonight, or whenever we figure out the finish of this election, uh, we got to somehow heal the country. I mean, yeah. this has been the most divisive election in the history of the U.S., at least while any of us were on the planet. Mm -hmm. And you got to hope that they can put this all behind us. So we can start to come together, which doesn't look so good right now, but we'll see. Well, I, you know, I, that poses an interesting question. Can we, you know, both candidates said that they will work to unite the nation. We are more divided than we've ever been in my lifetime. There are historians that say that things were actually more divisive in, in the past. It's, but this is the most divisive in my history. Yes, yeah, certainly are. You know, I, I posed a, a question. I did a poll question on Twitter because I was asked on different media outlets if there would be blood in the streets from one side or the other after this election was over. Do you think so? Well, I hope not literally, uh, but, but you know what? Well, we've there, seen blood in the streets and rioting in Ferguson and Baltimore and other places. Yeah, it, it's hard to imagine there's not going to be some sort of whiplash, no matter e either side of the equation, which is, uh, which is concerning, but I certainly hope not. You can only hope for the best on that. Uh, I want to introduce Derek Evans, who's joining us. I, no, I feel so used to saying in studio. We're not in studio. We're live at Golden Hall. Uh, Derek is a TV and radio show host. I've known this guy in the media world for many, many years. Uh, been very vocal on his support of Trump, and I wanted to pull you up here just to chat with you. And for the very beginning, my friend, he's on that Trump when, train. When there were 17 candidates, or however many there were, I was still pulling for Trump. Now the reason is very, very simple, Craig, and the same reason why people should vote for him today because he doesn't have any one to answer to. Okay, the biggest problem with politics is that there's lobbies. There's these super PACs. There's money that's coming in from all over the world now, and it's helping make policy decisions for people here in the United States of America. It's causing big, big problems. Trump does not have that problem. He's a self-funded guy who understands business. I campaigned for Ross Perot in 1992 when I was 12, okay, for the same reason. <laughs> wow. Same reason. I just want someone who's not a politician, who's not interested in getting rich as a politician, like Hillary Clinton has done. And as Harry Truman said, you can only become rich as a politician if you're crooked. Right. And that's exactly what Hillary Clinton is, is crooked. You yeah. know, I thought it was interesting. I watched your Facebook Live last night and you made the comment that people, I think we, we, we run to party lines as a country. Many people run to the party line of who their parents vote for, right? They don't necessarily the think time. for themselves. But you, you made a really interesting comment that... Democrats don't like Trump because he's a Republican, but people forget that many Republicans don't like Trump, which I think makes him an even more interesting candidate because he has flipped the whole thing upside down. He's not a party guy, even though he claims to be the Republican Party and won the GOP. And certainly he's going to be he's the head guy against Clinton and maybe the next president. But it's not because he is loved by either party. No, Period. he isn't. And that's one of the things that should be attractive about him to everybody who's paying attention to this thing. The problem is people aren't paying attention. And uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign has done a great job of forcing the rhetoric of Donald Trump is a bad guy, and that's why you should vote for me. Not, here's what I'm going to do. In fact, go to her website right now. Go to HillaryClinton.com and tell me what her plan is for her presidency. You're not going to find it because it's not there. She has all the issues listed, 100 different issues listed, and her stance on this issue, she has no plan. Right. Just None. like she, Just like she cannot tell you one accomplishment 
she's ever in, in anything she's ever achieved besides avoiding prosecution for the last 30 years she cannot tell you with any specificity what she's going to do and the reason why is because she doesn't want you to know exactly what she's going to do she's got a private position and a public one and you know um, I'm with you there she's the most corrupt politician in the history but I I'm curious as to what I know why I think that the Republican Party has been anti-Trump. I'm curious why you think it. Think they are because he's not one of them. He's not on board with some of the special interests that have bought into the Republican Party. I mean, he's mm -hmm. he's beholden to no one, and that scares them. Mm -hmm. They don't like that. They want him to get on board with what they're doing, and he is not willing to get on board with what they're right. doing, which is great for the American people and why people should vote for him all across the board. Democrats, mm -hmm. Republicans, Independents should all vote for Trump for this exact right. reason because he's in no one's pocket. Neither party likes the guy. The Republicans have to take him on because they have no right. choice. Right. Because he simply overwhelmed them with voters. I also think it's because we've got a Republican Party that shares many of the same policy and one world government globalist views. In, in fact, Hillary Clinton said when she was a senator of New York, she said, I am just as much a senator of the Punjab province in India as I am the citizens of New York. And Paul Ryan said almost the same thing word for word. He said, I view myself as a legislator to be a legislator for a guy in India who's looking for a green card as I am a legislator for the United States. They're all about open borders. They're all about you know open trade and not having a, a, a nation anymore. I think many of them, they're not all of them, but I think that's, I think we've got a pretty much a one party system. Derek, with, with Trump, he, the things that you're speaking to, I think a lot of people relate to, and, and, and that's the reason that people like him. What about the reasons that people don't like him? I mean, the guy obviously has some imperfections. Mm -hmm. How do you, what are your comments on that? People say, okay, well, I want someone who's more professional or more, you know, upstanding citizen type guy. And you could, I could argue easily with you that he is an upstanding citizen, but the, yeah. the sound bites that people are able to take now, and that's all people pay attention to. People just read headlines. They don't read articles. They don't fact check. So that's why I said Hillary Clinton's campaign has done a great job of saying Trump's a bad guy, and here's the reasons why. Here's three or four sound bites. That's all you need. So he's a bad guy, and you shouldn't elect a bad guy. Well, guess what? We don't have a choice. We have It's either going to be Hillary Clinton or, or Donald Trump that's the president when this is all mm -hmm. said and done. And if you vote for Hillary Clinton, you're voting for more of the same. You're voting for corruption. You're voting for pay for play. I mean, I would challenge anyone who's voting for Hillary today to tell me why. I know what you're, vo what you're not voting for, but what are you voting for? And what favors does she owe all those people who gave her all that money mm -hmm. that she used to pay off Beyonce and Jay-Z? What kind of favor? Meanwhile, people have a problem with Trump using the P word in 2005 when he was on a bus with other guys, and she's going to parade around Jay-Z. Right. Well, I actually like Jay-Z. Former but, crack dealer. But, yeah, but the hypocrisy of the, the candidacy and the campaigning is it's mind-numbing. Well, every time she opens her mouth, it, it's full of hypocrisy. She's going to get big money out of politics. She's going to get special interests out of politics. That's all she is. She's the reason it's there. Exactly. The, the other problem is people who are voting uh, blue, they're just voting for the D. They're not paying any attention to anything else, and they're just firing off this hate rhetoric against Trump without any idea what he actually has to offer. I've asked people, what is it about Trump's policies that you don't like? They have no idea. It's no. not. They made it not an issues game. They've made it a, a game of character, and they've tried to destroy his character, and that's how they've done. But this you know, well. know what you made an interesting point is that the way that the media works, it, it's a soundbite society. Correct. The way we consume information on our smartphones or iPads or whatever it may be, it, we're a soundbite society, and they are able to take things out of context. Back to when he first announced that he was running. They turned him into this racist against Mexicans because he wants to build a wall. But the reality is, he just said we they're bringing they're sending their worst in. That's that's not something that should insult the entire race, the Mexican race or, or anyone who's trying to immigrate to this country. But the ability of the media to protect their candidate and attack Trump to me was so bad. It's always been bad. 
but it's gotten so bad that they've reframed the narrative with those sound bites, and that stuff gets replayed over and Craig, over and over. It's about one thing. It's one word. The difference between illegal and legal, and most people don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. People actually think he's talking about immigrants, not illegal immigrants. They think he's talking about immigration. If you aren't born here, you're not welcome here. You all have to go home. Right. And they're able to spread that rhetoric because people, unfortunately, in general, aren't smart enough to know the difference between the word legal and illegal. Well, last week, Hillary Clinton, is, she said in front of her campaign, it, it makes me sick that 11 million people are going to have their doors knocked on and they're going to pull you out of their homes. I'm listening to this. It's not like I heard it watching the campaign. I, I saw the clip of it on a newsreel. So they're basically cutting that piece out and sharing that as if it's true. And you're right. I don't think people are able to think yeah. a layer deeper. The last time a door was knocked on and somebody was dragged out, it was Ellie and Gonzalez, and it was done by Janet Reno and Bill Clinton. But every time she opens her mouth, it's hypocrisy. You know, this is what the left does really well. It's the shame game. If you want to enforce immigration laws, you hate brown people. If you want entitlement reform, you hate poor people. You know, if you want to overturn Obamacare because it's destroying business and in, in lives, you hate, you know, sick people. If you you don't want to bring refugees here. You know, you you hate you know, you know another religion, and, and it's all if you're nonsense. Pro-life, you hate women. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's all the shame game. You know, and it's ridiculous. And unfortunately, a lot of Americans have fallen for it. They care more about what Trump said instead of what Hillary Clinton has done and the crimes that she's committed against this country and her actions. Yeah, it is a two. It's a two-horse race. Let's be honest about. Yeah, this. and and yep. and both. You know, I, I I there was a time when I supported the idea of a third-party candidate, but both parties have done a good job in making the rules such that there can't really be a legitimate third-party run. And we actually have that with Trump. We do. See, Trump is that third-party third party. He is the third-party guy. And in fact, some uh, Georgia, I saw a Georgia congressperson or office holder or whatever say, you know what, I'm voting for Trump, not Hillary. This is a Democrat. He says, because we need somebody to go throw a, a rock at a hornet's nest. It ain't going to be Hillary unless she's paid for it. He says, I'm voting for Trump. Yeah. Well, I kind of thought that summed it up. I have a buddy in Florida, in Florida, who has always voted for the D, okay? Mm -hmm. And he's voting Trump because he's so sick of it. He can't believe that Hillary Clinton is actually able to run for mm -hmm. president. And by the way, if you want to search something, you want to see something really interesting that proves that Hillary Clinton lied and committed perjury and should not be eligible for the presidency, just go YouTube, search Trey Gowdy, James Comey, mm -hmm. and listen to him cross-examine, essentially, mm -hmm. James Comey, asking him about the testimony that Hillary Clinton gave and whether or not right. it was true. Right. It was all false. She lied. Yeah. Over and over and over and over and over. Right. All you need to know. Yeah. That's illegal. So you're not a fan of Comey? It's not that Comey not, the clown. <laughs> the problem with Comey is just that he's in a tough spot because uh, the political pressure is so heavy. And these people, I mean, we're talking about trillions of dollars on the line. Then it's, he just, it's heavy. Right. Shouldn't he then just admit he was playing politics? Because to, you know, he say, well, I didn't want to get involved in politics or didn't. The theory is that they didn't want to affect an election. Well, he did affect an election by considering politics. It, it, he made it political because otherwise, if it wasn't political, he would not have cared whether or not she was a candidate for any office. He wouldn't have cared what her last name was, he would have looked at the evidence and he would have recommended indictment. Smartest thing for him to do if I was him, I'd been 100% transparent about everything. If you do that, I mean, seriously, run your Facebook Live 24-7 at home with you, wherever you go. I mean, just be completely transparent about every single thing you're looking at, every single thing that's happening. Then you have nothing to worry about. It's when you try to start hiding things, when these right. conflicts of interest come in, which is what happens with the Democrats, especially with the Barack Obama administration in office right now, you're going to have a lot of issues. Yep. They were supposed to be the most transparent 
The rule, transparency and the rule of law will be the hallmarks of my administration, he said back in 2008. But then again, he also said we could keep our doctors. Hey, we hope that you keep keep around with us because we got to take a quick break. Yeah, but we there's got more uh, a gold hall filling up here. Mm-hmm. KCBQ people tuning in. Obviously, we got the Facebook Live because I have ADD. And when you don't hear me talk <laughs> for a few minutes, it's because I'm caught up in my phone. But waving at people there uh, at Golden Hall with the Andrew K. I'm Craig Sewing. We're back here in just a moment. All right. AM 1170, The Answers, live coverage from Election Central is sponsored by Elijah's Restaurant. Hey, do you believe in global warming? This seems to be a hot topic these days, no pun intended. Question is this, is it real? Is it man-manufactured? Is it just the earth being old? Or is it just a political play? You know what? I don't know and I don't care. Craig's sewing here, and I'm here to tell you this. Whether global warming exists or not, it always makes sense to try and protect our planet, regardless of global warming and the political argument. It always makes sense to save money. So, why not explore the opportunity financially that exists with solar energy? If you put in solar energy into your home, you can save a ton of money that you're wasting on your electric and gas bill. Why not go solar? It saves you money. And look, it's good for the planet. Whether you believe in global warming or not, doesn't really matter. Anything we can do that's good for the planet that can save you money, two thumbs up for me. The problem is there's a lot of shady companies out there. So I want to recommend just one, the only company that I endorse for solar. It's Baker Electric Solar. They've been in business for almost a century. I know these guys really well. They're good friends of mine. Visit them online, bakerelectricsolar.com. That's BakerElectricSolar.com. You can go there from your smartphone. Today is the day. Let's save some money. Let's get those solar panels. They'll do a complimentary review. BakerElectricSolar.com. Hey, San Diego, Craig Sewing here. Look, one of the things that nobody likes to hear is that they got bugs in their home. Almost all California homes have some sort of bug or termite problem. It's not a cool thing to have bugs running around your house, so I'm going to help you get rid of them. I want you to connect with Lloyd's Pest Control. These are our good friends at the Craig Sewing Show. They can help you. They've been in business putting bugs out of business since 1931. They'll do a free inspection for you. If you want to get your biggest investment checked out, make sure there's not bugs or termites, go to LloydPest.com. That's LloydPest.com. Dot com and get a free inspection of your real estate today. Are you sick and tired of the mainstream media? Tired of politicians? Tired of political correctness? Maybe some of the stuff you see on social media, it all can get a little bit nauseating. I agree with you. My name is Craig Sewing. You've heard me on KCBQ for years. You've probably seen my TV show, The American Dream, on Channel 4 every morning. All this stuff gets put up at craigsewing.com. Look, I believe we live in the greatest city in the greatest country on the planet. And therefore, all of the shows, the things we do online, our social media, everything that is tied to my model and my brand is about lifting you and the American dream as a whole. I want you to join the movement. I really hope you can. It's really simple. We are doing radio shows, TV shows, newsletters, social media, all celebrating the fact that we live in the greatest country on the planet. I know there's a lot of negativity out there, but let's remember, San Diego, the weather's perfect year-round. In this country, people get paid more on welfare than doctors in other countries. We have an immigration problem where millions want in, not out of this country. We have a volunteer military that is willing to die to protect your freedoms. We have an amazing country. We should celebrate that. That's why I have a TV show called The American Dream. And it's why I'm asking you to join this mission. How do we do it? We spread the word. It's that simple. If you visit me online at craigsewing.com, there's a tab for the Dream Team. Join the Dream Team. It's just going to notify you of all the cool things we have going on in radio, TV, social media. And it gives you the opportunity to share the content and add your own two cents as well. I believe we can create our own movement. It starts at craigsewing.com. There's no strings attached. I'm not trying to get any money out of you or anything closely related to that. Not at all. Let's spread the word. Craig Sewing. 
TheAmericanDream.com. Go there today. Join the Dream Team. Help us spread the word on the American Dream. AM 1170, The Answers, live coverage from Election Central is sponsored by Liberty Tobacco. You're listening to election coverage on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back. This is KCBQ AM 1170's live election night coverage from Golden Hall Election Central. We got It's getting crowded in here, Craig. You know, it's interesting. I just had my headphones off and I feel like we are the loudest group here. <laughs> I know, right? There's about, I don't know, about 15 to 16, maybe I counted, uh, different cable or radio outlets here and certainly the live audience but i took my headphones off and our speakers are cranked (laughs) so we are being heard but it uh you know we were talking earlier in the show and you know many people would make the argument this is one of the more nauseating elections and it's been pretty rough and i think you can blame the media for a lot of that but it's it's a historic day uh you have a career politician versus a guy who came out of nowhere went through 17 mm-hmm. GOP candidates and obviously i'm talking about Donald Trump here who could potentially be the most low percentage chance of winning a presidency that's ever thrown their hat in the ring to go through that many people and here we are today and we're opinionating on something that might happen it might even happen tonight i mean we got an update on the electoral votes. You want to shout these out? Well, I don't have an electoral vote update, but uh, Drudge is reporting that Trump has officially won Florida, North Carolina, and Ohio. And according to the experts uh, this morning, if, if you consider any of the pundits experts, they all said that if he won Florida, North Carolina, and Ohio, he would probably win the presidency. So, you know, it's it's still, we still got a long way to go, Craig. But you know what? I'm reminded of a few conspiracies at the beginning of the primaries. I'm reminded, I'm thinking back to the Republicans who actually theorized that Donald Trump had entered into this race to help his friend Hillary and to play a spoiler for the entire Republican Party. And I think that that's certainly one conspiracy that, that was put to bed early on because you've got to think about... You think about how coarse our society has gotten. You think about how rancorous this election has been. What it takes to have the stamina to throw your hat in the ring and put up with the ridicule, the public scorn that he has taken from the media that was in the tank for the left and for Hillary Clinton, from the Clinton campaign, from his own party, from the nation. I mean, you've got to have some serious intestinal fortitude. But doesn't that keep a lot of great people out? It does. You really do have to have brass balls to throw your hat. Can I? I say that I just did. No, but you just but, did. But, <laughs> but I mean, you really have to have some serious moxie. I saw a meme the other day. I thought it was pretty funny. It said that uh, I should run for president so I could learn about all the things I forgot about from my twenties. <laughs> and I mean, the, the way they go so far back, even with that thing that came up in two thousand five on the bus. Like, my God, man. Everybody, especially now. I mean, these candidates are a little bit older. They didn't grow up in a smartphone era, social media era. I mean, what are we doing to the future of politics that we expect right. perfection? Let me tell you, I, I can never run for president because I spent too many years at Mardi Gras no down way. in New Orleans. Yeah. Ooh, you know, there's too, I know what that means. <laughs> they did any kind of digging on me. threw beads on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean. Oh, I know. get From the media, you know, having a daily radio show and TV show, I've been asked many times, not asked, but people have encouraged me to run for politics, but there's no way. I would never put myself in that. I'd much rather be in the media where my opinion is right. strong and I could care less what people find out about me. But when you get into politics, 
It is ugly, especially with a 24-7 news yeah. cycle that in the absence of real news, they make crap up. Right. And then it gets regurgitated into social media. It is uh, it is an ugly, ugly forum. Well, and that's a big reason why I think people are so upset with what's become, but it's because of the medium that we have. Well, look at the mainstream media can take a guy like Mitt Romney, who was as squeaky clean as it gets personally and professionally, and turn him somehow into being a greed head who... He beat killed, kids up in high school. Who beat, and and yeah. killed, killed an employee's a book wife. Of, book of women. Remember the yeah. employee, the, the employee's wife that he supposedly killed with cancer? And yeah, yeah the binder's full of women. And how he supposedly practically ran over uh, that guy was know, a, that guy was a, a, a trash He had his imperfections as a candidate. But as a human being, I mean, he was a saint. He, I mean, really? And got destroyed. But we got a, a great guest joining us, our, our second, third guest. or three guests. Yeah. So we got John Renison, 39th State Senate. Good to have you on the show, man. Thanks for stepping up. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, we had you back a few months ago at the last election. We got you Primary now. Night. So how have things progressed in, from your point of view from the last time we had you on stage? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm feeling very well. I mean, we've been, you know, we've been out on the streets. We, we've been in, you know, several neighborhoods around town. It's it's amazing. People just want, voters just want to kick out career politicians from Sacramento. And and that's what's going to happen tonight. And we're seeing the tendency right now in the numbers. And it's and it's incredible. And I, and I hope that's that's the result we get at eight tonight. What does it mean? Minutes. What does it mean for us in California if that happens? That's awesome. We're going to bring common sense back to the state legislature. Mm-hmm. We're going to support our small business owners. We're going to boost our economy. We're not going to rank third in the nation for homelessness <laughs> and we're not going to have one in every six Californians suffering from hunger or poverty. We need common sense. We need people that have been working on the opposite side of the field that are not career politicians that know how to sacrifice their paycheck because you know car- career politicians they know that every Friday they're getting their check. Oh yeah. We business owners, we, we entrepreneurs, it's like do we have money in the bank? Right. Has our customer paid us? First is our team and then we go. So, right. so that's what we need. We need people that have, that that know how to work, mm-hmm. hardworking people that are, you know, common sense, business owners or business representatives that have been on the other side of the, of the field and and, and know how to work the economy. Um, when you is, say is, work the economy, you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur and a business owner, right? And I, I have this show in the media, but I think right. often what you find in the political dialogue. And certainly from the far left is this this idea of cutting taxes is, is making the rich richer and they don't uh, they don't recognize the fact that the government doesn't create jobs the private sector creates jobs so how do you how do you create an argument for a free marketplace when that's what you're up against when when, when people uh, believe that, uh, that there's not a fair share payout, right? That we've heard that argument as if the people in the top 1% who pay 50% of the entire tax burden are not paying their fair share. That means you're basically saying they're paying their, uh, they're unfair. Those are the most fair people in, in our country when it comes to the economy. But it's a tough argument to make because the left doesn't really buy into that. Right, exactly, I agree with you. So this is my argument. This is what I respond to the left. So basically, you know, the top 1%, is basically any anyone that makes two hundred fifty thousand dollars or more. What does that what does that equal to? It it equals to small business owners. It equals to job creators. So we need people that are successful. We need the top one percent to be the top ten percent in order to boost our economy and create more jobs. I mean, there's a really good example we can set right here. We're on the border with Mexico. 
You know, I've dealt with Mexico many times. I know how international trade works. Right. So if we're thinking about increasing the minimum wage, which with all due respect, that's great. That's a great idea. I think everybody should earn, you know, a decent amount of, of money to, to support the cost of living here in the state of California. But the reality is, first, we have to stop those 9,000 companies from leaving California and go there, going overseas or going to other states. First, we have to boost our economy, support our small businesses, support our top 1%, mm -hmm. because, I mean, honestly, they're the ones that create the jobs. Well, and without that them, minimum, we don't have That anything. minimum wage argument is a, is, a, is a great point to bring up. The narrative around that is... The way that you increase minimum wage and median incomes is you unleash the power of the entrepreneurial spirit yes. in the free marketplace, which is capitalism. Right. Now, capitalism somehow has a bad name. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect, but you got to punish the bad guys, which we don't do a good job of. But when you talk about this minimum wage thing, it sounds great in theory. A lot of the things you hear from politicians sound great in theory. They help people make more money so they can afford uh, the stay-at-home mom is she can't keep up and it pulls everybody's heartstrings. The way that you help people's wages go up is you create an environment where there are jobs, better paying jobs, and who's going to create that? If you, if you are a government and you force it, think about it this way. If you take a $10 minimum wage and someone flipping burgers at a startup job at Burger King and you move it up to 15 bucks an hour, what is a guy who's making 15 bucks an hour going to say? Well, I do more than him, so you need to bump me up to 20. What's a guy who's making 20 going to say? Every, it, it rolls up the food chain, and then ultimately what happens? You're going to lay off the people that they pretend to help, and it becomes inflationary because you're going to have to raise prices on the consumers. So it's just right. one, that's, I guess that was my original question framed a little bit differently, is the theoretical things that are put, put out there by politicians the unintended consequences, they're not, they don't really get explained because people don't think a layer deeper, the media lives on sound bites, and, and I don't think anything illustrates it better than the minimum wage argument. Well, I think the minimum wage argument, if I can interject here, is also a cultural issue. Because I know growing up, I didn't care whether or not the minimum wage was $10 an hour or $15 an hour. My goal was not to, to go throughout my life working a, working a minimum wage job. Why are we sending that message to people? Oh, nobody can run a household on a minimum wage job. Well, why are you, why are you trying, trying to run a household on a minimum wage job? So we, why are we fostering that mindset in America when the mindset in America used to be to be an overachiever, to dream big and to think big, not to dream of raising a family while, you know, bagging groceries at Vons. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. And it really comes down to supply and demand. The more jobs you have in, in society, there's there, the more businesses are going to be competing for jobs. And in order to attract employees, they're going to offer more money. To me, the minimum, whole minimum wage thing is just, it's, it's a carrot that's being dangled. It's a feel-good platitude. John. Can I can I just add something really quick? Yep. Okay. So we got a big we got a major problem here in California. It's called overregulation and increased taxation. This this is a deal. And I'll, you know what, and I want to leave the audience with this this uh, thought. How are we supposed to let the free market thrive? And I'll set a real life example. If you have a person that's a good carpenter, a good plumber, a good painter that lives in a suburban San Diego County area or anywhere in America, mm -hmm. right? And their only means of earning a decent uh, uh, amount of money to, to, to uh, survive in this high cost of living here in California is to paint or become a plumber mm -hmm. or you know, work in the construction industry. And then you have a regulation that you have to have a license for this, a permit yes. for that, and you have to have so much of insurance, that's a burden. What happens? They suffer from hunger. 
They're right. poor, and they're not going to be successful in their life. And that's the honest. This is a small businesses, right. and you see it in the financial sector. Right. A lot of these right. things, they favor the big banks. You see it a lot in real estate and the mortgage industry. When you have all of these regulations, you, you, what you do is you punish bad guys. We never seem to punish bad guys. Instead, we create all this overregulation of the good guys and the people that can keep up with that regulation who can hire the expensive attorneys. They're the big banks. So it's the small business that gets crushed by those extra underwriters, those auditors, those uh, those attorneys that have to protect them. And right. you know, it's one of many arguments that we'll, we've certainly talked about this election season. Well, John, it's about 10 more minutes for people to vote for you, right? Go out and vote, John Renison for State Senate, 39th District, please. All right, All right. good luck, John. Thanks Thank for you. coming on the show. Bye. Andrea, take us to break. All right, we're going to be right back, and then when, when we do, we're going to have an Electoral College update for you. So stay tuned. More AM 1170 KCBQ election night coverage on the other side of the break. AM 1170, The Answer. AM 1170, The Answers, live coverage from Election Central is sponsored by Don Meredith and Paula Shaw of Transition Tuesday. Your home should be a place that you love coming to. Hi, I'm Nikki Klug, interior designer, and there is nothing I enjoy more than helping San Diegans live in homes that they fall madly in love with. I've helped hundreds of homeowners experience a sense of luxury, rejuvenation, and inspiration in their everyday lives. If you need help creating a home that you love, please visit me online at NikkiKlugDesign.com or call me at 619-948-7173. Hey, Craig Sewing here, host of The Craig Sewing Show and The American Dream every morning, Channel 4, 10.30 a.m. One of the things we do on the show is we give a lot of financial advice. Something you'll hear me say all the time is you can't figure out where you're going to go if you don't know where you are today. That's why we give out a free financial kit to any of our listeners or viewers who want to know, hey, this is where I am. This is how much money I have. This is my trajectory for retirement. You need to know what your retirement age is going to be, how much money is going to get distributed to you. I don't care if you're 30 years old, 60 or 90. These are numbers that actually can be spelled out for you based upon your current allocation. It doesn't take any more money. Just get an analysis. This is what we do. The free financial kit will do this for you. We've given them out to thousands of people and never once had a complaint and we'd love to give you one as well. If you haven't got your free financial kit, it's really simple. You just got to visit me online and ask for it. CraigSewing.com That's Craig with a C. Sewing like a sewing machine. machine. CraigSewing.com On the contact form, message me. Ask for the free financial kit. It is a gift to you as a listener to our show. Free financial kit, craigsewing.com. Make sure you get that contact form, no strings attached, and we'll get it to you within 24 hours. craigsewing.com. Are you sick and tired of the mainstream media? Tired of politicians? Tired of political correctness? Maybe some of the stuff you see on social media, it all can get a little bit nauseating. I agree with you. My name is Craig Sewing. You've heard me on KCBQ for years. You've probably seen my TV show, The American Dream, on Channel 4 every morning. All of this stuff gets put up at craigsewing.com. Look, I believe we live in the greatest city in the greatest country on the planet. And therefore, all of the shows, the things we do online, our social media, everything that is tied to my model and my brand is about lifting you and the American dream as a whole. I want you to join the movement. I really hope you can. It's really simple. We are doing radio shows, TV shows, newsletters, social media, all celebrating the fact that we live in the greatest country on the planet. I know there's a lot of negativity out there, but let's remember, San Diego, the weather's perfect year-round. In this country, people get paid more on welfare than doctors in other countries. We have an immigration problem where millions want in, not out of this country. We have a volunteer military that is willing to die to protect your freedoms. We have an amazing country. We should celebrate that. That's why I have a TV show called The American Dream. 
and it's why I'm asking you to join this mission. How do we do it? We spread the word. It's that simple. If you visit me online at craigsewing.com, there's a tab for the Dream Team. Join the Dream Team. It's just going to notify you of all the cool things we have going on in radio, TV, social media, and it gives you the opportunity to share the content and add your own two cents as well. I believe we can create our own movement. It starts at craigsewing.com. There's no strings attached. I'm not trying to get any money out of you or anything closely related to that. Not at all. Let's spread the word, craigsewing.com. Go there today. Join the Dream Team. Help us spread the word on the American Dream. AM 1170, The Answers, live coverage from Election Central is sponsored by Rod Hatley, attorney, and Julie Mills Brennan, real estate. You're listening to election coverage on AM 1170, The Answer. Don't look, that guy in the blue has like hundreds of thousands of people that follow him for travel advice. I mean, talk about... Welcome back. This is... Welcome back. This is AM 1170, The Answers. Election night coverage coming to you live from Golden Hall in San Diego. You know what? The doors have been open for a while. So if you are any... If you're listening to me and you're any anywhere within driving distance. Come on down. It's just going to be a blast down here tonight. I'm hanging out with my buddy Craig Sewing here. Cocktails are on the way. Cocktails are on the way. We've had some great guests so far, and we've just got a tremendous crowd out there, and it's just getting more exciting as the night goes on. Craig, here's an Electoral College update. Okay. So far, we got Trump and the Trump train at 168, and we've got... Now, I didn't write this, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't write this. One, ooh, 183. It's gone up even since 183. And we've got, now I did not write this. Somebody wrote Hildebeest at 131, and the Republicans keep the House. So that's interesting. Now, there's also some Senate, some really important Senate races out there, Craig. Not that, not that you're really following that or really care that much about it. Do you care? Of course I care. Let it rip. Well, uh, <laughs> Rubio won re-election. Portman, oh, that's big. Portman was, was called as, as re-elected. I have not heard about Kelly Ayotte. And what's interesting for me about this one, Craig, and I want to pick your brain on that. Are you familiar with who Kelly Ide is? No, I'm caught up on the Rubio one. I think that's interesting. He had a hard-fought battle there, especially having ran for president to go back and to continue to run in Florida. I mean, he got beat up really bad during that GOP run for being absent in Florida. So to go back down there and still win, is that that's actually that's big for him and obviously, you know, he got voted in, so I guess you'd say it's big for Florida. Well yeah, and I and he actually came out and he campaigned for Trump and he issued issued a statement of support for Trump. Kelly Ayotte, however, on the other hand, who's vulnerable tonight and I'm not sure if she's won or not, I'll have to look into that or have the producers look into that. She actually came out and issued a statement against Trump when the Billy Bush audio tape came out. So it will be really interesting. I could be connecting dots that don't exist. Mm. The fact that that someone won re-election for supporting Trump and the one who may not win re-election failed to support him. So it remains to be seen. Well, Trump continues to be the most interesting topic and he has been since he threw his hat in the ring. And and at that time, I'd I don't think anybody took the guy seriously. And if you look back to the election in 2012, uh, earlier we were discussing that Mitt Romney, who ran then, he just got chewed up and spit out by the media. He is weak in the debates. He lost because of Candy Crowley in that second debate. And here's a guy who's a, he was a gentleman. He is a well-polished guy. He didn't, well, didn't have, he had some imperfections, right? But overall, we had a sputtering economy. He seemed like he had the resume to fix it. And he just got chewed up and spit out because he had no backbone. And you've seen that in politicians through and through. And here comes this guy. What makes Trump so fascinating, and he's not loved by the Democrats or the Republicans. So do you think, Andrea Kay, that if he wins, that it's truly an opportunity to drain the swamp? Or do you think that uh, he's going to run into some of the same issues that other politicians have, where he has to pay back favors because now he's in power and there's a lot more to it than just obviously... uh, 
tweeting, yeah, gating hysteria, <laughs> getting votes. I mean, he's going to have to get policy pushed. I think he ran for office for genuine reasons. I think there were a lot of, as I said earlier, there were a lot of conspiracies as to why he was running for office. I think he is somebody who was genuinely concerned about uh, the, the state of the nation going forward. And I think that he absolutely is committed. He is a business person. I think he's committed to running Washington the same way he does his business. And you know what? I come out of corporate America. If so, you know, I had employees of mine and, and had to make management decisions. And it's like the bottom line is what matters. If it's not working, you, you, you end it. You cut it off. If you've got a department that's not being managed well, that's overspending, you get rid of it. If you've got employees that aren't cutting it, you get rid of it. We need private sector mentality to be brought to Washington, D.C. We don't need any more of people like Lois Lerner getting to keep her pension after she's broken the law. So my answer is this. Absolutely, I think that he's committed to draining the swamp. I think that's one reason why they're all scared and they didn't want him in the first place. And I think that he will be met with some resistance from some Republicans. But you know what? At the end of the day, all they really care about is keeping their gig. So I think they'll go along with what a President Trump wants. The ones and the ones that are genuine that really do care, like Ted Cruz, about conservative principles and and all the, the policies that Trump pushes, I think they're going to go along. Well, it's interesting about him is he didn't have to run. Right? No, when he when didn't. somebody doesn't, when you have more money than you know what to do with, you don't have to run. So he obviously has a passion for helping the country and he's going to approach it in a way that's, that's really unique. And and history will tell. First of all, it looks like he's doing pretty well in the election. Right. So we might well, find really soon. You know, one reason why he won me over and why he, why he won a lot of people over was a criticism from Hillary Clinton to him that went nowhere was when she accused him of wanting to take care of his family, of running for office and wanting to do policies that was going to protect his family. I thought, yeah, that's what we need. Part of why Romney failed in 2012 was because he acted like he had nothing at stake. He acted like it didn't matter to him or his family if he won or lost. What kind of apathy? How, how is that kind of apathy going to get you a win when you can't look to the American people and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm scared for my family. And yeah, I want to take this country back so I can help my family. What did you think about the choice for the VP candidate by each side? <clears throat> Um, I think Tim Kaine. <laughs> oh, Tim Kaine. If you saw that VP debate, you were scratching your head going, that's, a, that's a, what they got on the bench? You know, that's their field? Come on. Um, I, I doubted Mike Pence as a, as a selection, and Trump proved me wrong. I felt like he needed to, to pick a woman. I felt like he needed to throw a crumb out there to, the, to you know, to play the, a little bit of the identity game. But I think he shored up his base. I think but he did picked, John McCain I, screw that up? John so? McCain, well, he, John McCain was, what, 76 years old, yeah. maybe at that time when he ran for president. And he chooses Sarah Palin, who nobody knows, who is underqualified to be vice president, right. especially when you have a guy who's that old running who could easily pass while he's in the White House. So she would become president. And it was the ultimate failure as a bad decision. And his campaign right. was another failure. And the only reason he did it was to balance his ticket, right? Older white male, mm -hmm. let's get younger white female and uh, let's balance out, get the woman vote. But that, that really is how the VP card gets played a bit. And I thought for sure Trump would go with a maybe a Dr. Ben Carson, African-American man, uh, but also out of the private sector, not a career politician. Right. I thought maybe he'd go Christie. Because, oh, Lord, you know how I feel about that man. You don't you don't like Huggy Bear. I, I get it. <laughs> I don't like no Huggy I thought, Bear. I thought maybe he would go towards a female. 
you know, the thought maybe is Carly Fiorina at well, the time he, at one yeah, point. He could, well, except Cruz blew that by picking Fiorina first still as, a, as Hail a Hail Mary, yeah. which was ridiculous. What I thought was brilliant about it was he chose somebody with governance experience. He chose chose somebody that could, that could reach out to the conservative Christian base. He chose somebody that could sit there at that VP debate. He shored up Trump's base for him, and he did it uh, in, beautifully. In hindsight, I... I was completely shocked by the choice because at the time I expected to see something that would align well with the flamboyance of Trump. I mean, Trump, the outsider, straight shooter, whether you like what he says or not, you cannot deny his authenticity. I thought you, you would get the obvious balance to what he is. And when he went with Pence, he went with a guy that many people do not know from the public, right? He might be known in Washington and, and a governor and someone who can push policy, but for the American public and the people that are voting, not a well-known guy. As you watched the campaign evolve through the debates and the vice presidential debate, I thought that uh, Pence will ultimately be looked at if Trump wins as someone who helped push that campaign across the finish line. Right. Because he is a very thoughtful man. I think he's a very gentle man. Right. And I, not a gentleman yeah. like a wuss, no. but a gentleman like he's, he's a very respectable, classy guy. Classy. And that actually does balance Trump. But I just didn't see it at the time. I, I, I see it now. Uh, exactly. In fact, when you see the two sitting there, it, it really it, he gave a lot of credibility to Trump. And in fact, as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm thinking, you know what? It was almost my original dream ticket, which was Trump Cruz, because that's really what I thought Cruz would do for Trump. I thought he would give him governance, credibility, sophistication, the conservative Christian creds. And and that's what Pence when did for him. When we come back, I want to talk about Cruz and what he did at the GOP convention. You are listening to The Answer, 1170 AM KCBQ. Andrea Kay and Craig Sewing here live at Golden Hall. Uh, we have people pouring in. It's only going to get crazier if you're listening on KCBQ. You can also tune in live if you get out of your car and you go to your computer and certainly join us on Facebook Live. But we will be back covering this election on The Answer, 1170 AM KCBQ in just a moment. You're listening to election coverage on AM.